Welcome everyone tonight to another wonderful episode of Hollywood Haunted, the podcast. Uh, we are paranormal enthusiasts, former tour guides for the Hollywood Haunted tours in Hollywood. Uh, Roxana and I are also former tour guides for wonderful Universal Studios Hollywood, so just throwing that out there. Uh, and we like to talk about all things paranormal, creepy, the evil underbelly of Tinseltown, as we like to put it. Uh, tonight, our hosts are the wonderful Roxana Sanchez, myself, the very wonderful Tia Bean. Listening tonight is our other co-host, Patrick Bean, hey. sitting over there next what? to me. To uh, to and tonight's a pretty rather special night because we have our first ever guest listener, we have Dan Gumitchum from Dumb Talks, D-U-M Talks. Uh, Pat and I were uh, guests on his podcast. It was really cool. We got to talk about some spooky stuff. So, yeah. yeah thanks for coming time. on here, Dan. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's fun to be in the hot seat this time. <laughs> yeah. What does the U stand for, if you don't mind me asking? Uriah. Go figure, That's right? Your name? Yeah. Don't ask me where it came from because I have no idea. gotta wait for that 23 and me test to come back exactly (laughs) that's an awesome middle name right yeah right (laughs) it's it's definitely unique that's for sure (laughs) so uh so your podcast you kind of just shoot the shit with uh okay should i not say that can i say shit (laughs) Uh, this is an anti-guy podcast yeah. Uh, how about uh, how about you tell us a little bit about your podcast that you have? Yeah. So basically, I just talk with a bunch of random people each episode. I'll talk with someone about their hobbies or interests. Um, I just try to keep it lighthearted and fun, you know, just something entertaining for people to listen to. I started it last year and it seems to be going pretty well so far. I had a lot of fun. Got to tell you about our uh, creepy little podcast and creep you out with some stories. So that was a good time. Yeah, it was really fun. I got to bring you guys back too. Yeah, no, I would love that. I definitely would. I have a whole arsenal of spookiness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, we're hopefully we get to creep you out again tonight with a very cool story. Uh, tonight we are talking about the ghost of Errol Flynn. Bum, bum, bum. Um, do you guys know who Errol Flynn is? I do not. Well, I do because I had to research him for this, for this show. So I know a lot about Errol Flynn. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> nice our listeners. Yes. I'm very unknown. Oh, okay. Dan, do you know who we're talking about? No, to be honest, I thought that was a girl's name. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, we'll get you up to speed. That's uh, Carol Flynn. Carol Flynn, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, Carol Flynn, yes. That's that's uh, his cousin. So, yes. Um, so, yeah, Roxana, she's going to go first. She's going to tell us all about uh, Errol himself. And then I'm going to tell you an amazing story about the ghost of Errol Flynn. Ooh, I'm excited because I don't know about the ghost, but so I just know about uh, who he was when he was alive. 
so Errol Flynn, born June 20th, 1909, and he was born in Australia, Tasmania, Australia. And he became famous in the 1930s uh, by becoming a big Hollywood star. Now, before we get to know him any further, um, here are just some of his nicknames, just to give you an idea of what kind of person Errol Flynn was. One of them was the Baron. Uh, then there's Satan's Angel, uh, the Tasmanian Devil, and then his other two nicknames are just based off of his name. They're nothing, you know, crazy. It's uh, Flinny and Raleigh. But um, definitely what caught my eye was Satan's Angel. <laughs> um, so we know that uh, he definitely was a troublemaker. And actually, in fact, every single school that he had been enrolled in when he was a kid, he actually got kicked out of. And when he was a teenager, he left home. Um, there is talk that there might have been some sort of abuse in the household. Uh, so when he was um, like 15, 16, he's like, I'm going to go find gold. Um, but instead, he just got a whole bunch of really odd jobs throughout Australia. But um, he really enjoyed the ladies, especially those that were married. And he didn't believe that the law really applied to him. So because of these habits, he actually left Australia and went to England. And while he was in England, he became um, uh, part of this like acting troupe. He became an actor. Of course he did. And um, he actually caught the attention of Warner Brothers, who decided to take a chance, put him in one of their movies, and he did so well that they brought him out to California and he kind of skyrocketed to becoming the king of adventure films. A couple of uh, one of his more famous adventure films was Captain Blood and the Adventures of Robin Hood. And then he kind of did a lot of swashbuckling films where, you know, he's the hero, falls in love with the leading lady um, and off screen. He also had a very adventurous life full of drinking, fighting, and womanizing. And one of the things he was known to say was that he liked his whiskey old and his women young. Uh, and this, uh, oh, 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 yes. So he actually got in trouble a few times. Uh, because of this, and uh, he was at, brought to trial for two statutory rape charges. Um, both of them were 17-year-old girls, and they actually happened on two different occasions, uh, actually about a year apart, uh, but the girls actually filed these cases um, mere days from each other. Uh, so have you guys heard of the saying, in like Flynn? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So this is actually based yeah. off of Errol Flynn in these statutory rape charges. Um, so, oh, yes. So, interesting enough, most of the jury was women. And because they found, you know, Errol Flynn very charming, he's a, a big movie star, and they're just so enamored with him, 
and that the the defense pretty much put this thing up with the girls. Well, they like to fraternize with older married men, and they were doing, you know, things like drinking, and they were just bad girls. And why did they even decide to file charges days apart when these two different events happened, you know, almost a year apart? And they were pretty much dragging these two girls through the mud. Uh, so the jurors just pretty much acquitted Flynn, and he got away with both of those charges. So there was the, you know, you're in like Flynn, like you're good to go. And he kind of bragged about this. When he wrote his autobiography, he actually wanted to title it In Like Me, but instead his uh, publishers were like, you know, that might not be the most um, – tasteful thing so how about you do how about we change it to i believe it they change it to your wicked wicked ways so yeah you know just a stand-up guy uh he was a a a, a rate not a raging alcoholic but he was he drank so much that it was affecting his ability to act on set so he was actually banned from drinking on set. So to get around that, he would inject alcohol into oranges and then just eat <laughs> spiked oranges on set so that he could get drunk. <laughs> you got to like, I hate it, but you know, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, if I, next time I, if I ever take a cruise, I've never taken a cruise. What do you mean next time? But if next I take time, a cruise, right. I pack a ton of fruit. <laughs> exactly and just like you know just put vodka with a syringe inject it fruit on a cruise yeah you're probably right no can, can't you bring like coolers of stuff like ah uh, you know you know I, yeah it's been a while yeah. let's look into it yeah. <laughs> right yeah i i say do do like aeroflin you know yeah young screwdriver fruit yeah so uh, he was also kind of known um not only for you know being drunk all the time but getting into some narcotics and this was really affecting his his health um, but he was still into the younger ladies and in fact uh, when he died he was on a vacation kind of uh, kind of to figure out his career and his next move uh, he was on vacation with a 17 year old girl who he had met when she was 15 and who quote unquote from her point of view, their first sexual encounter, he forced himself upon her. So he kind of had a habit of liking the younger ladies and being very forward with them. So that kind of just makes me a little bit angry about the two two girls that kind of had to get dragged through the mud when in reality he had done this and he continued to do it afterwards as well. So before he died, he's uh, on this vacation with this freaking 17-year-old. He begins to complain of severe back and leg pain. But, you know, instead of going to the doctors, one of his, quote-unquote, you know, doctor friends was there, kind of gave him a shot of, you know, painkillers. And he's like, oh, I'm feeling so much better. Uh, goes, lies down. And then his 17-year-old girlfriend comes to check in on him 20 minutes later, and he's unresponsive. And he actually ended up dying of a heart attack. But that was probably because of the hard drinking, the drugs, and messing around with teenagers, in my opinion. That's what I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how, 
it is. So he died when he was only 50 years old. Um, but even at that time, his career, even as a alcoholic, various studios, of course, you know, were trying to, you know, bring him back into stardom, but he had pretty much drank his body to death and kind of that was the end of his career. Wow. Yeah. So I'm now very interested to see how his ghost oh, has yeah. been reacting. Uh, um, yeah. My my friend Kim told me a story the other day. Shout out to Kim Smith. Uh, she gave me a lot of books that I have on uh, Hollywood history. She's like, you know, we talk about it a lot. But she told me the story about Errol Flynn sitting up on the Holly in the Hollywood Hills uh, on the side of the mountain with his like underage girlfriend and they would throw rocks down at Warner Brothers at the top uh, below. Yeah. For fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just for shits and giggles. Yeah. You know. I, he pulled this whole stunt. Um, when, you know, Spain, you know, when they were fighting fascism and everything that he was going to go over and he was going to donate a whole bunch of money to, you know, support the cause and, you know, bring in food and tanks and everything. But he just went out there, sent like a message from Spain to Paris just to create this huge media hubbubaloo. And it was basically just to attract attention for his next film. And so he didn't do any of the things that he had promised. He just went to Spain, sent a message, and then went home the next day. And it was one of those things where he was willing to mess with these people's minds just so that he could get attention for something very selfish. Yeah. Not not the best human being. No moral compass. Absolutely, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so, okay. So, I'm going to preface this by uh, telling you where I got my information. Uh, so I got my information from a wonderful show that is now my new favorite show called Celebrity Ghost Story. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Well, it's really cool. No. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying I think I'd be super interested because it's Celebrity Ghost. So I'm like, so, yay, a show I, yeah. No, it's. I'm it's, excited. It's. Sub oh, sorry, I'm stuttering. It's uh it's celebrities uh telling personal ghost stories. And a lot of them are about celebrities too, like because these current celebrities are like buying houses that are former formerly Errol Flynn's house, spoiler, and uh Rita Rita Hayworth's house, or they're like, Oh, I was on set at this castle, or you know, I was performing on Broadway in this historical theater, well, you it's know. Like, yeah, being an actor. I mean, especially an established actor, like yeah. you, you get, you're able to get to be inside of some really cool historical places. Yeah. So, it some of the episodes are really cool because it's Hollywood hit layers and layers of Hollywood history. Like it's a celebrity talking about a historical house in Hollywood that was owned by another celebrity and and it's haunted. So it's like pretty great for this podcast, and I've just been binge watching it so much uh but i thought this story in particular was one of the wildest that i had heard and so i absolutely wanted to do an errol flynn episode um because he's kind of i feel like he's in the center of hollywood to classic hollywood we would think of robin hood and 
Am I right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's who. Yeah, he played that. Yep. Good. Yeah. I know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode is from season two. It's episode three, and it is told by Tracy Nelson. Tracy Nelson is an actress, dancer, writer. Uh, her fa- she was on uh, Square Peg and the Father Dowling Mysteries, uh, and she's also in Beverly, or Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Um, and her father happens to be Ricky Nelson. Ooh. Ooh. Do you know? Uh, sound familiar? Do you guys know who Ricky Nelson is? Yeah. Yeah, the singer. Yeah, the. I'm a traveling man. Okay. Yes. Anyway, so uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Ricky Nelson because a lot of the story is about him. And, you know, just to be fair to our audience, maybe someone out there doesn't know who he is. But uh, so Ricky Nelson is born May 8th, 1940 to uh, parents Ozzy and Harriet Nelson. Ozzy and Harriet Nelson had a popular radio show called Ozzy and Harriet. Uh, And... Mm -hmm. Ricky and his brother David uh, got to be on the show. They played themselves uh, in 1949. They they appeared on the show for the first time. And in 1952, the radio program made its television debut, I believe, as The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet. So the whole family is pretty famous. Uh, it even goes back all the way to uh, Ozzy, uh, Ozzy's parents, or is it Harriet's parents? We're on, uh, we're in vaudeville. So it's like generations and generations of show business here. But young Ricky Nelson uh, began singing on the show in 1957. Uh, he claims that he had no musical ambitions until his girlfriend told him that she was in love with Elvis. Uh, and so he told her, oh yeah, just wait till I cut a record. I'm already planning on cutting one. Uh, but he totally wasn't planning on it, but he quickly, like, he went to daddy and was like, daddy, uh-huh. I want to on the show and sing and uh, help me get a, a record deal. And, you know, Ozzy was able to get that record deal for him. So he signed uh, with Verve Records. His first record, Bebop Baby, sold over one million copies. His second album went to number one. Uh, and in his career, he had 12 number one hits on the charts, which, uh, you know, actually was more than Elvis. Elvis only had 11. Oh, yeah. Pretty good for him, you know? Yeah. Uh, so jumping back, did, did he get the date with that girl? I don't know. <laughs> I, Who cares? I would, hope so. I would hope so because. I mean, if you get more than Elvis. I mean, yeah. You know, <laughs> So at age 21, he starts going by Rick Nelson because he kind of wants to be taken more seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, he marries uh, another actress um, named Chris Harmon. Or no, artist. She was an artist, Chris Harmon, who is Tracy's mother. And uh, so his fame starts to wane in the 1970s. Uh, in 1972, he, his last top 40 hit was a song called Garden Party. 
garden party was a kind of jab uh song or like a snar- a sarcastic song that he uh wrote about uh, an appearance he made at madison square garden where he got booed off the stage because he refused to do any of his hit songs he wanted to do all new original songs so oh and you know the fans love that <laughs> yeah the song was about not making other people happy doing what makes you happy well um, there you go but in 1985, he attempts to have a comeback tour where he does all his hits and he starts going by Ricky Nelson again uh, at that point. But that kind of brings us to where we are in our stories. The story kind of takes place a little bit before 1985 in that comeback tour, and I'll get to that point. So uh, back to Tracy Nelson. At age 17, Tracy and her parents, Chris and uh, Rick Nelson, move into a new house, the former home of Hollywood legend Errol Flynn. So- oh, okay, wait, wait. Oh, I'm so sorry. I Before you say that, I just remembered something about his home. Oh, okay? yeah. Okay. That's super creepy. He had a whole bunch of peepholes and two-way mirrors. Yep. Especially in bathrooms. Yeah, he did. Okay, so he was kind of a known pervert, voyeurism. Okay, continue. Sorry, go. Oh, oh. Sorry. Yeah. You wait. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm excited. Oh, um, oh, man. So the house is a uh, modest California ranch house off of Mulholland Drive with a beautiful view mm-hmm. of the valley. The house had a reputation for being a haunted house prior to them moving in, but it didn't really deter her parents. Um, Tracy kind of ex- describes the house as having no center to the home. There's no heart of the home or main area. It's just, it's oddly built and shaped. Uh, it's definitely built for entertaining, but there's no real center of the home. So the first time she walks in the house by herself, she felt like a party was going on, like the the vibe felt alive. Uh, there was a long living room with many photographs of Errol Flynn, and she didn't like the house, and she didn't want to move there, but her parents want to move there, so that's what she had to do. She's only 17. So the first night she is in the house, uh, she has a dream She's walking down the staircase, or sorry, she's walking down the stairway in her nightgown and Errol Flynn comes around the corner and he's wearing a tuxedo and he raises his glass and he says, happy new year. That's it. That's the whole dream there. Oh no. He loves them 17 year olds. Oof. But just, Uh So, uh, so her room is actually the room of his mistress or his last girlfriend, uh, who was 16. The room has a two-way mirror above the bed Mm -hmm. that you can see down into her room from the attic. Uh, he would make bets about getting his mistress into bed and let his friends watch from the attic. Yeah. Sounds about right. This checks out. Yep. So Tracy does claim that the house had kind of paranormal things going on. Uh, The shades would go up and down, the shower would go, would turn on and off, or the shower door would open. Uh, 
the toilet would constantly flush. And she said uh, there was no safe or peaceful place in the house. So uh, when they first moved in with her dad, he had just gotten a new record contract. And the year before, he had his hit Garden Party come out. Uh, he spent a lot of time on the road at this time and uh, a lot of drugs involved. And so his marriage with Chris kind of falls apart at this time. And Rick Nelson starts to have a lot of parties at the house with a lot of unsavory characters hanging out at the house. So uh, one night, her dad is having a party and she goes up to her room, she shuts the door and she lays in her bed for a while. Uh, suddenly she feels like she can't breathe. She oh, feels God. like she's going to pass out and she's here. She hears somebody laughing in her ear and she's alone in her room. So she starts to crawl out of the room, trying to get downstairs to get to her dad. And she falls and rolls down the stairs and falls on the floor and she's yelling for her dad, but the laughing in her head doesn't stop. And he finally comes around the corner and she tells uh, her dad that uh, she tells her dad uh, that guy, he won't stop yelling at or that guy. Oh, tell that guy to stop laughing at me. And her dad says, what guy? And right when he says that, everything stops and it, she kind of comes back to reality. So that was just kind of like an odd experience that she had in the house. <laughs> Yet, knowing Errol Flynn, that is what on brand, 100%. Yeah. 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 So uh, she comes home late one night after she's leaving the set of Square Pegs. And from the outside of the house, she sees a man walking around the dining room from the window. From the window outside, she's like looking into the house and kind of sees mm -hmm. him walk by. Um so she thinks her dad is home from the road um, early, but she realizes his car isn't there. When she gets inside, nobody's inside. She goes upstairs to her room. Uh, and when she goes upstairs to her room, she starts to hear noises downstairs uh, from her room. And she thinks that they're being robbed. Mm -hmm. um, below her room is the room where all his gold records are displayed. And she says it sounds like somebody is going through and they're smashing the gold records and smashing guitars. It was the sound of like wood and glass smashing. So she can't leave because she would have to walk by this room to get out of the, get out of the house. So she hides in the closet. She's in there for a good hour after the noises stop and she goes downstairs and realizes nothing in the house has been touched. Everything is intact. So she calls her dad and tells him that she's leaving. She's not going to stay there anymore. So around this time uh, and leading up to these events, so she starts to realize that her dad's behavior becomes very strange. And mm. after the fact, she kind of puts two and two together that his behavior is kind of paralleling uh, Errol Flynn's behavior. So was he injecting oranges with vodka? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but he's throwing a lot of parties. Uh, so, uh, 
he starts wearing his bathrobe during the day and just kind of becomes depressed. So she kind of describes her dad as like he had his heyday and he was trying to hang on to something that was gone, you know, hang on to this cool lifestyle that he had once had, but he's no longer this like young heartthrob, you know, like Errol Flynn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she wants him to get out of there and, you know, go somewhere else. But, uh, he falls into this like, disrepair or the house falls into disrepair screens are broken the paint is peeling off the walls the yard is going brown her dad is depressed he's not leaving the house and just the energy of the two are just feeding off each other so the house is also kind of starting to reflect her dad's downward spiral as well so one weird thing about rick nelson is that or not weird, I would say, but um, something that she did say was that um, he was always afraid to fly. Uh, he would always fly commercial. He would never get in a, a plane that had propellers. Um, mm. So he wanted to be in the safest type of airplane possible. So... Uh, out of nowhere, he starts to become obsessed with flying and he wants to own his own airplane. And he becomes obsessed with an airplane that is formerly Jerry Lee Lewis's plane. It's a Douglas DC-3 plane. I don't know what that is, but it's a small, smaller plane. I believe it has propeller, so it's kind of the opposite of like, what he would typically fly and it's really out of nowhere um so he sits at his desk and he starts painting this like model of the airplane uh like obsessively and it's just his behavior is like very strange uh his whole family is absolutely shocked when he when he goes and he buys jerry lee lewis's plane so he goes on his comeback tour in 1985 uh, kind of to remind people of who he is. And it's like his one last grasp at uh, fame again. You know, he's trying to hold on to that. And on December 31st, 1985, Rick Nelson was on a flight from Gunnersville, uh, Guntersville, Alabama to Dallas, Texas for a New Year's Eve show in Dallas when the plane caught fire and crashed. The oh two pilots God. would survive their attempt at an emergency landing in a field outside DeKalb, Texas, but all seven passengers on board were killed, including Rick Nelson. Wow. December yeah. 31st. 85. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, crazy. Uh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, well, okay. But the creepy part of my story, uh, is that if you remember what Errol Flynn told Tracy Nelson. Yes. Happy new year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's super creepy. 
So according to Tracy Nelson, the house has burnt down and she said it was mysterious, the fire that burnt. Well, that was for insurance purposes, but you know. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And uh, on a a happier note, which is where I always kind of want to end my stories. uh, In 1987, Rick Nelson is posthumously inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, that's good. (laughs) And that is my creepy Errol Flynn, you know, the ghost of Errol Flynn killed my dad story. And (laughs) totally tried to force himself on, yeah. On young girls. Yes, exactly. Isn't that crazy, though? Like, when I saw that episode, I was like, that's insane. You know, yeah. like, not only is, like, Rick Nelson famous and Tracy Nelson are also famous, but, like, the ghost of Errol Flynn is doing the horrible things that he did in life, like, to yeah. the family and possessing this guy. And mm-hmm. the Happy New Year thing is, yeah, that's insane. And just doing it for fun, not because of any motive or that he wanted anything, but just yeah. to for shits and giggles because he could. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty short episode, but a good one. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. Uh, thank you, Roxana, for your half of the story, and uh, thanks, Pat, for joining us, and a special thanks to Dan. Uriah Mitchum uh, from from Dumb Talks. Uh, Before we go, can you tell people where we can find your podcast, where we could listen to you? Yeah, um, I'm streaming on most services, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, I'm on iHeartRadio. And then on YouTube, yeah, you just type in Dumb Talks. It's an acronym. So D period, U period, M period, everything. Very cool. Yeah, and especially tune in because I have you guys on an episode coming up. Yeah. I can't. What did we talk about? I can't remember. Scary stuff. Scary stuff. Of course we did. Uh, That's weird. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And that's our episode. So um, I guess I'll do the intro or the outro. Do I remember what it is? Edit this so I sound cooler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Um. Thank you for listening to Hollywood's Haunted, the podcast brought to you by the wonderful tour guides from Hollywood's Haunted Tours. Thanks again for Dan U. Mitchum from Dumb Talks uh, coming on and joining us. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen. Uh, Follow us on Instagram as well. And check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Also, if you have any cool ghost stories, any celebrity encounters, anything, please email us. We would love to hear from you at hollywoodshaunted at gmail.com. That's it, guys. Stay spooky.